for now listening in to our conversation is the Deputy Justice Minister Tabang Makwitla. This as the Eastern Cape government has condemned the violent clashes that have claimed the lives of three inmates during a brawl between prisoners and wardens in St. Albans Correctional Centre in Port Elizabeth yesterday. Over 20 others, including five officials, were injured. A very good afternoon to you, Deputy Minister. Good afternoon, Tepiso, and thank you for having us on your program. Let's first start with, are you aware of these allegations being made by inmates at Kimberley uh, Prison of um, overcrowding, overcrowding, being f- uh, fed rotten food, being allegedly beaten as well? Tepiso, uh, just as we were on our visit to St. Alban's uh, Correctional Centre, there's a journalist who put those questions to me, inquiring whether we are aware of that. Uh, I must confess that uh, <clears throat> that is very disturbing because it is something we are not aware of. And when I checked with the journalist as to which prison is he, refer- is he referring to, he said, uh, and I said, is it the Tselopili uh, prison in the correctional center in Kimberley? And he said, yes. And I said, uh, very difficult to believe that there would be a problem like that because the Jalopili Correctional Center is actually one of the flagship correctional centers of the department nationally. It's a new facility, and the way it is organized, uh, it's just the ideal way in which we would want to handle the business of uh, safe incarceration of offenders, but also, most importantly, their rehabilitation. Okay, so we'll speak a little bit more about Zuelo Billy in just a moment, but let me find out first, Deputy Minister, about your tour of St. Albans Correctional Centre. What were your findings following the incident that was reported <coughs> yesterday? Uh, uh, so and the listeners, we were visiting St. Albans Correctional Centre today because of a very disturbing development where a group of uh, inmates yesterday on the 26th of December went out on a wholesale attack on the the, uh, correctional center officials. There were about 33 offenders involved uh, and um, the officials who were at work at the time were 15 officials. There were five of them who were stabbed uh, badly, and um, 13 in all were injured by these offenders. And in an effort to bring the situation under control because uh, uh, the offenders had already taken uh, control of some sections of the of this maximum center. Um, and uh, most importantly, they had uh, locked themselves, that occupied the room where the records, the case management of everybody who's at that maximum uh, uh, center kept. Uh, and they were, they were then taking the place, you know, destroying files. They felt they had to desperately bring the situation under control and reinforcements were called from the nearby uh, centers. And in the process, three offenders unfortunately ended up dying one immediately on the spot but two of them uh, died in hospital in all in all in all 22 offenders 
were hospitalized as a result of this uh, uh, violent, the breakout of this violence there. Mm. Uh, the maximum, the maximum, I must just uh, give uh, I mean, listeners a good picture of what's happening here. The maximum uh, unit, it's one of the three units. We've got a remand detention unit uh, with thousands of offenders. We also have the medium B, I mean medium uh, 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 unit, which also has over a thousand, you know, offenders. And this one is the maximum where lifers and other long-term serving uh, offenders are kept, and it's a population of about 674 offenders that were involved. Mm. And of this center, of this center, which has 23 cells, it is only two cells that were involved, and it is two cells that were specifically designed for purposes of managing the most problematic of these maximum offenders that are kept there. Deputy Minister, allow me to interrupt you. I, I don't want to make the assumption that the reasons that led to this outbreak um, can be applied to all prisons. And I ask this against the backdrop of calls by Pop Crew, for instance, for greater staffing. So I'll ask this question then. What is the ratio of warders to prisoners? And uh, are, are there signs that the, the living conditions or incarceration conditions may have led to the flare-up of violence? Uh, the ratio, just to be very specific, at this particular maximum, uh, it is uh, 674 to 11 officials. Uh, and that is a, a, a very extreme you know, case. Ordinarily, would uh, have, uh, would, would prefer to have one officer per 30 offenders, but at this particular center, it was 11 officials to a whole population of 674. <clears throat> and this does indeed put a lot of strain on our systems because when the offender, I mean, the officials are stressed like that, some of the routine uh, procedures, like, for instance, taking out offenders for the one-hour exercise out of their cells, they ended up being compromised. In some uh, centers, not necessarily at this one, for instance, in Polsmo, uh, there would be practices where, because we have few officials, we are unable to space out the feeding of offenders as it is required over three meals a day. The officials available will only be able to take out offenders to their dining rooms only twice a day. And as a result, that becomes an infringement of uh, the standards that we are expected to observe. Actually, it is the type of material that made the Cape High Court to issue out an, uh, 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 the order that was issued by Judge Saldana at the beginning of December to say that uh, uh, within weeks we should uh, make it a point that there is a drastic change of uh, the conditions uh, of uh, uh, offenders uh, of inmates, rather, at the remand detention center in Polsmo. I'm just saying this to say, general, we do have a, an acute shortage of officials that the, 
the department's salary bill is able to employ at the moment vis-a-vis the population that these officers must look after. It's a pity that we've run out of time, Deputy Minister, because I actually also wanted to find out about the general conditions in prisons. As you say, you've got a flagship uh, program underway in Kimberley, perhaps another day, to speak specifically about the national picture. Thank you very much, Deputy Minister of uh, Correctional Services, Tabang Makwitla. It's 22 minutes past uh, four. And to take the matter further, we are now on the line to uh, support that is South African Prisoners' Rights Organization for Human Rights uh, President, Golden Mild Spudu. You've been listening into our conversation uh, with the Deputy Minister and uh, it ended with uh, what I thought was an acknowledgement that conditions are not as they should be and what they would like to do and that's why they acknowledge a recent uh, court ruling on uh, improvements that are required. Would you agree with that statement? Thank you very much for having me and thank you very much for our fellow citizens who are listening in. Look, precisely when you go to page 16 and page 17 of our beloved Constitution Act 108 of 1996, Chapter 2, the Bill of Rights, Section 35, Subsection 2, Paragraph E, it says that every detained person, including sentenced offenders, have the right to conditions of detention that are consistent with human dignity, including at least exercise and the provision at state expense of adequate accommodation, nutrition, reading material, and medical treatment. Precisely the reason why we can say as an organization without any fear of contradiction, this is the reason why you have read yesterday and you've seen on TV what happened at Polsmo Prison, what happened at Leocorp, and what is happening in other institutions throughout the country but went unreported and unnoticed because who really cares about this target group who are, we are told are murderers, are scumbags, are squanderers of the earth. They deserve exactly what they get. And they are constitutional... And by the way, we are just taking advantage of what the Constitution says. We are not saying that prisons must be five-star hotels and those who are behind bars must live a lovely life as if they are at a holiday resort. And the other thing is, you know, prisons, not even correctional centers, prisons were made not to be places of punishment because to be arrested, charged, prosecuted for a crime you have committed, and incarcerated. That is supposed to be punishment Now, Mr. Pudu, I'd like to ask you this question, and I know it's a bit of a loaded question, but I wonder, is there a connection between recidivism and the conditions in in, in prisons? Sepisa, you are talking with the right person. You are asking somebody that has been holding on for the past 25 years, trying to knock sense within the Department of Correctional Services over the years, that they've got a mandate, they've got a responsibility to correct, to educate, to train, provide skills so that you end up with a rehabilitated product and that product must be reintegrated and monitored and evaluated outside there. That's the mandate of the Department of Correctional Services. And I am sad and I'm so much sad and, you know, I, I, I nearly wanted to cry if you can see the tears in my eyes that I was under the impression with the current 
leadership in the Department of Correctional Services, led by the Honorable Tabang Makwetla, the Department of Correctional Services was moving in the right direction against resistance of his uh, colleagues. But I, we go, we gone back to where we were 10, 20 years ago. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Uh, that there is Golden Miles Budu. He is the president of the South African Prisoners Organization for Human Rights.